with a nugget this morning. Love is not a matter of counting. Love is not a matter of counting the years. Love is not a, a matter of counting the years. It's the making the years count. It's making the years count. Put it, run it all together. Love is not a matter of counting the years. It's making the years count. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. Years slip by quickly. I remember as a kid when Christmas never showed up for a long time. Now it's right here again. Okay. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that is. We open, Father God, the scriptures this morning. We're asking, Father God, that you speak to us as individuals, Father God, that we may receive greater revelation, Father God, and Father God, as we receive, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we will put to use, Father God, the word that, words that you will give us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, glory to God. The season of joy and rejoicing in the world is always refreshing. Hearts are uplifted with new excitement. I hope you have some excitement and great expectations, even as we close out the year. The joy of Christmas is God reaching out to man. One more time. The joy of Christmas is God reaching out to man. Jesus is the source of joy. Amen. He is the only source that can produce everlasting joy in our lives. Jesus is the reason why we have this season. And when we incorporate him into our lives, joy becomes more abundant in our life. Joy, therefore, is a choice and it centers on our willingness to choose to surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ or not. Joy marks the difference between existence and life. Again, joy marks the difference between existence and life. Do you know where to find joy? Is joy in your heart and life? Is joy real and genuine? Turn with me to John chapter 15. That's John chapter 15, New Testament. Jesus here is speaking. That's John chapter 15, looking at verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. From the Amplified it reads, I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be full measure and complete and overflowing. Fully complete. No lack. Just as Shalom says, nothing missing or nothing broken. That's full of joy. Amen. 
So we need to understand that Jesus is joy. Now turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. I know it's in here. I just read it. That's Nehemiah chapter 12. Following Nehemiah chapter 12. Verse, looking at verse 43. Also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoice, for God made them rejoice with great joy. And the wives and children also rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even far off. Joy, our joy should be heard all over. Thank you for all the jingle bells out there. Our joy should be exuberant. It should be bubbling forth, not just on one day, but every day. Amen? It should be full and complete. If we're not full and complete, that means we're not receiving full benefit of joy. Okay. Uh, well, let's, since we're in the Old Testament, let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. That's Isaiah, chapter 61. That's Isaiah chapter, oh, I'm wondering. Isaiah chapter 61. Looking at verse 10, looking at verse 10. That's Isaiah 61, 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garment, uh, garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robes of righteousness. As the bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and the bride adorns herself with jewels. From the Amplified, it reads, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul will exalt my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robes of righteousness. As the bridegroom decks himself with garland, and as a bride adorns himself with the jewels. So, he says, he's clothed me with garments what type of garments are you wearing today? These are the garments of salvation. And he covers us with robes of righteousness. It's, this is a story from rags to riches. What type of garments did we wear before coming to the Lord? We wore ugly garments. So what did we look like before salvation? Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3. Look at the garments that we wore. Verse 7. This is the garment that we wore before we had salvation. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 says, And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew they were naked. 
We were naked. What type of garment's that? Not too good. Let's go to continue in chapter 3, the verses of 10 and 11. And he said, I hear thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, for I was naked. I hid myself. And he said, Who told, who told you that thee was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree? There, therewith I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat. So, our garments, we didn't have any garments. We were naked. I'll tell you what. It's been cold lately at night, but how'd you like to run out there a little bit on the naked side? Tell you what, that's not, not too good. You wouldn't have that pretty tan, you might be turning blue. All right, we're still in Genesis chapter 3. So they weren't naked. They didn't have any garments. So what kind of garments did we wear before having salvation? We made our own garments. Genesis 3, chapter 7. And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Fig leaves. It's a pretty good garment when it's freshly cut. You got it's nice and green, but it starts to fall off, get old. It, guess what happened? You know, my backyard is full of leaves right now because my tree is no longer green. It's turning brown and gold and muggy looking. How like have your clothes start to fall off? Just just bits and pieces. I mean, it's ugly. Wow, it's incomplete. Adam and Eve, Eve made incomplete clothes, useless. They were flawed. Okay, let's go on. What, the, what other type of clothing did we have? Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah chapter 46. What kind of clothes did we have before, before salvation or before knowing the Lord? Isaiah chapter 46. Uh-oh. Oh, pardon me. It's Isaiah 64. No, no I couldn't find anything. Okay. Correction. Isaiah chapter 64. What type of garments were we wearing before we had salvation? Well, some of us ran around naked. Others had fig leaves falling all over the place. You're being exposed because of the weather. Isaiah ch chapter 64, looking at verse 6. But we all are as unclean thing. And our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. 
So our, uh, we had filthy rags as clothes. It means dirty, un unkempt. How many like to run around in dirty clothes? I mean, you know, at work, some of us get our, ourselves dirty. I mean, you know, if you're working on the oil field, you're going to get a little dirt on you or oil, a little grime. If you're working with children, you're going to get paint all over you. I mean, whatever. But it says here that we, our, our garments were like filthy rags. They were dirty, they were unkempt. So what else did we have that uh, our clothes was before we had salvation? Turn with me to Zechariah, chapter 3. Verse 3. That's Zechariah 3 and verse 3. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Filthy garments. If you look it up in, in the Hebrew, these clothes had excrement all over them. It's like they were out working, working in the fertilizer field. He had that all, all our clothes were like fertilizer. It stinks. I think we've all been around babies. And uh, some of us had the, the pleasure of changing diapers. Sometimes the diapers were a little bit on the soiled side. And it says our Clothing was soiled with this type of stuff all over it. These are the type of clothes we wore before Jesus came along. So we're going from rags and we're going to go to riches. Okay, turn with me now since we're close to the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew chapter 22. In Matthew 22. Oh, what can we do? In Matthew chapter 22. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is speaking about the marriage supper. And everybody was invited. Then let's go down to verse 11. Matthew chapter 22, verse 11. This is, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there was a man which had not a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, have, friend how camest thou hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speakless, speechless. And he said to the king, Then said the king to the servants, Bind him and hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What, what was wrong? What was wrong? Well, in those days, 
if there was a wedding plan, at least in, in the Far East countries there, uh, a we wedding garments were provided by, uh, provided for the guests, okay? Whether you're a prince or a pauper, you had the proper wedding attirement. And anyone who refuses to accept uh, their garment uh, uh, insulted the bride and groom or the host. So we see here this man came in to the wedding and it was his garment was good enough or he thought it was good enough for the feast and it was well suited because everybody was around there they were all having a good time they were having a time at this wedding feast and this person was mingling with everybody and everybody thought it was great until the king came in. The king came in and says, what are you doing here? Where's your, where's your robe? And the guy said, well, this is good enough, isn't it? And of course, we read there that Jesus said he didn't have the right garment. So oftentimes people have, even up to this point, because we're going to look at this individual as not having come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as a person. So he didn't have the garment of joy. He made his own up. So you can, we can fool people a lot of times. You know, I, There's a lot of quote Christians out there, and they can fool everyone. Well, they, they are good Christians. They go to church every Sunday, give their tithes and offerings. But... You can't fool God. When the king came in, he said, that person doesn't have the right garments. You can fool people a lot of times, but you can't fool God. This man's clothing was not genuine. It was a fake. He was a hypocrite. So that's an ugly garment being hypocritical, thinking that you're going to make it with your own fashion. So that we see here that that is not right. So let's turn to the book of Galatians. In the book of Galatians, remember, the joy of Christmas is God reaching out to you. Galatians chapter 3, look at verse 27. Now, this is the type of clothing that we have when we have joy. Verse 27. That's Galatians 3, 27. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Glory to God. Our clothing should be like Christ, Jesus. We're clothed in Christ. This is a baptism in the spirit realm. This is not water baptism. So we are clothed with Christ, his righteousness. Clothed in the spirit of joy, love, 
radiant righteousness, peace and purity, and holiness. That's what we have been clothed with. This is joy to the world. This is what you're clothed in. These are garments of celebration and proclamation. Joy to, joy to the world. Okay. Run us back to uh, Isaiah chapter 62 this time. That's Isaiah chapter 62. The garments of praise. Isaiah chapter 62. Verse 1, Isaiah, Isaiah 62, 1. For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until righteousness thereof goes forth as brightness and salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. So the joy that we should have in Jesus, you can't keep silent, you can't remain quiet. Jeremiah said it was like fire in his bones. Tell you what, if you were on fire, how many's ever burned themselves on something? And what'd you do? You're moving your hand, take, trying to take the heat away. Well, we should have fire. Jeremiah said it had fire in his bones. He was a, he couldn't contain the good news of the gospel. He had to share the joy. We need to have to be able to share the good news. We should not be able not be quiet, kept silent, or remain quiet. How are you doing this morning? I'm on fire. <laughs> Amen. You got to be on fire. And if you're if you're not on fire, that means your your fire is being doused out, or you've got a cold blanket, cold wet blanket over your fire. You might have embers. You need to. Get a breath of, of God blowing on you. Get those embers hot once again and start a fire. Okay. We need to say something. Thank you. In Psalms 107. Psalms 107. Verse 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Well, isn't that what the joy of Christmas is? And his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. What are you speaking? It's time to speak out with joy. Share the good news. Let the redeemed say so. That means you open your mouth. Because he has redeemed you from the hand of the enemy. We can't be quiet about who we are in Christ Jesus any longer. 
We need to be going out there and witnessing. Thank you for the amens on that one. We are to speak out the joy unspeakable that we have. We need to glorify God. That's what they did that first night. If you remember the Bethlehem Bethlehem message, go out and tell. Share the good news. Don't be quiet about it. This is good news for all men and women. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians tells us something. We're talking about the joy of Christmas. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, We need to be shouting with joy. And look what verse 17 tells us. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. If you're going to say something, it says, say something good about the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Psalms 45. Psalms 45. This is meant for you and, you and I to say something. Psalms 45. Verse 7. Psalms 45, 7. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God... Thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. You've been anointed with joy unspeakable and full of glory. glory. Think about it. Okay. Maybe this will... Rock your boat, as they say. Go to find the book of Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4, what are we to do? What are we to do? Because we have the joy of Christmas in us. Ephesians chapter 4, pardon me, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice! In the Lord, always. And again, I say rejoice. From the Amplified, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, always. Delight, gladden yourselves in Him. Again, I say rejoice. It's a continual verbal expression. Joy. Hallelujah. Where's the verbal expression? There's an old saying, has a cat got your tongue? Hmm. Zephaniah chapter 3. Pardon me. 
I got to go back a little bit. I have the wrong Z. Okay. Okay. Chapter three. What did I do here? Okay, that guy. How about Zephaniah? That's where you need to go. Sorry about that. Zephaniah, chapter 3. Zephaniah, chapter 3. Looking at verse 17, it tells us, The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee. He is mighty. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee. He is mighty. He will save he will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Wow! The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, and he will rejoice over who? Over thee. Imagine God is rejoicing, he's shouting. Shouting joy over you and I. Hello out there. Have you got earplugs in this morning or something? Oh, glory to God. Okay. From Zephaniah. Well, that, that, to me, that, that's thrilling that God wants to. Shout over you. What is he shouting? What is God shouting over you? He says he's rejoicing over you. Is he shouting, wake up! This is the day that the Lord hath made, and we shall be glad in it, and I, therefore we shall rejoice. Hallelujah. Quit looking at, looking at the news. Don't look at the newspapers any longer. Look at God's Word. It's got some uplifting things for you to be looking forward to and enjoying. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, Luke chapter 15. That's Luke chapter 15. Let's go here. Look at verse 7. That's Luke 15, 7. And I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Let's go back up to verse 5. And when he had found it, he, he layeth on it his shoulders, rejoicing. Wow. This joy is contagious. 
It even goes up to heaven. There's rejoicing in heaven. Something's wrong with the, with the Christian nation today. It's drab. Do I have to go back to the other service we looked at? Compromise. Apathetic. Anybody remember the third one? Dead faith. We need to come alive. There's joy in your heart. Let it bubble out. Glory to God. So joy is contagious. I mean, if it's down there, you know it's in heaven. For every person that gets saved, heaven is in a turmoil. Glory to God. Thanking the Lord that another one saved, that, uh, that uh, table that's set before us is going to be filled with people that love the Lord. There's not going to be any backslider up there. There's not going to be any crooked individual up there. They're all going to be happy. They're going to have joy. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can't take it away. That's right. Okay. Let's go all the way back into the Old Testament and find the book of Deuteronomy chapter 26. In Deuteronomy chapter 26. Have you got good health out there? Are you financially secure? Do you have a home? Do you have a car? Deuteronomy chapter 26, looking at verse 11. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee. What? It's going to be a mistake. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee and unto thy house. Wow, there, there's, there's, it's, it's increasing here. And the Levi and the stranger that is among you. Glory to God, hallelujah. We need to rejoice. You have to rejoice in every good thing which the Lord God has given you. We are to share the good news of joy, the gospel, with others. Don't be silent. There was a song that started out, Silence is golden. Not in this case. God says, I want you rejoicing. Dan There's going to be dancing. Can you imagine? You could be dancing on streets of gold. Maybe in, a, in the next few hours, if the Lord should come. <laughs> okay. 
And he shows you your, your mansion. Your mansion has everything that you ever wanted, plus more than what you can expect or dream of. Your home in heaven, all your loved ones, Oh, even a couple of your enemies will be there because they've changed. They got the joy themselves. They got the joy of Christmas. They had Jesus. Joy is to be enjoyed today, right now. At this very moment, if you've got Jesus in your heart, you have joy. God's desire is that all people be filled with joy, with Jesus. It's a special attitude deep in your souls that tells us that life is very good when you have Jesus. We must choose to experience joy, and the joy is found only in Jesus. Amen. Joy is an inward, inward singing and cannot be silenced by outward negative circumstances. Yes, even when life is seemingly falling apart, you can have joy. Choosing the right king the right way is what brings joy. Choosing the right king the right way is bringing joy. Here's a poem. And you'll recognize some of this. His arrival was eagerly anticipated, but not just by children. He came on Christmas Day, but not down the chimney. He worked in a wood shop, but not, did not make toys. He had some helper, helpers, but they were not elves. He did a miracle but not on 34th Street. He rode into town, but not on a sleigh. He carried a lot of weight, but he was not heavy. He hung on a tree, but he was not an ornament. He disappeared into the clouds, but not to the North Pole. His return is eagerly anticipated, but it's not predicted. Luke chapter 2, once more. Looking at Luke chapter 2. And we will close with this. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, looking at verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Amen. Glory to God. God with us. True joy comes to those who recognize and acknowledge that Jesus is the Savior. 
I'm going to give you uh, an acrostic. Remember what an acrostic is? You, you don't write your word horizontal, you write it vertical. Joy, write down joy. The acrostic. J stands for Jesus. Amen. O offers it. O means offers it. We're speaking of joy. There's an acrostic for joy. Y is you. Jesus offers it to you. Joy. Hallelujah. We sang this morning, I have one, have one voice, one heart, one sacrifice. So take this life, so take this life and be glorified. Have joy spring forth out of you. Just in a few days we're going to be celebrating his birthday. Don't be sad. Don't get mad. It's time to release the joy in your hearts. Amen. So if you're, if you're labeling this this morning, it's called Joy to the World. Amen. Let's all stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the joy that has been sent to us. The joy of Christmas. You reaching out to us. I thank you, Lord, that we have received the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, Father God. I thank you, Lord, the garments of salvation has been given unto us, Father God, to share the good news, Father God, to be, Father God, more like Christ. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we go our different ways, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that the joy that we will share will reach other people's hearts and change their hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen.